WNJHD Millville, Atlantic City, 97.3 ESPN. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, Eagles-Giants this weekend. You can listen to the game on 97.3 ESPN. We got a jam-packed week for you. Of course, the Eagles-Giants kick it off at 1. We'll have Rams and Seahawks after the Eagles game. And then, of course, Sunday night football. We have Thursday night football. We've got Monday night football. It's all right here on 97.3 ESPN. So much to get into. We just saw the completion of week number 9. We're double digits. Week 10 of the NFL. Now, they put this wonky thing in yesterday that if there's games that are kind of missed, they're going to add playoff teams. I don't like it at all. How do you feel? I hate it. Hate it. It might impact the Eagles in a big way. I don't like it at all. I don't see how one game could pop. Let's say a team misses one game. That's the difference in a, in another wild card team getting in the mix? There's just no reason to well, do two it. Teams I think they're like overthinking. Yeah, I think so too. But it could help the Patriots get in. That AFC is so bad if they let an eighth team in that they could be in the mix here. But what should we be thinking about the NFL season nine weeks in? I want to get Jay Fitz's thoughts. Spain and Fitz, 7 o'clock to 9 on 97.3 ESPN. Are the Patriots, is that over? Is that Patriots thing done? What about expanding the NFL playoffs? Let's start with that as we bring in Jason Fitz. Now on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. What do you think about expanding the NFL playoffs for just this year? Is this not a precursor if they do this, potentially, of letting more playoff teams get in? Or, I mean, they already let one extra team in. I have no idea what the purpose is of saying, let's bring in an eighth team in the event that we can't finish the season. Yeah, I mean, it feels pretty weak to me. A couple of things. Like, it's the first time we've seen the league act. We actually need a backup plan, which I think is significant. Like, think all the way back to free agency in the draft. Every time somebody said, hey, what's your backup plan? They've essentially said, we don't need one. We're the NFL, so screw you. <laughs> right now, now they're giving us like a, oh, well, guys, we got a backup plan. Trust me. That tells me that they think there's going to be an issue. But I'm with you. I don't think that the real solution here is playoff expansion. I mean, the real solution is to push everything back a week and allow games to be made up if they need to be made up because, you know, ultimately that's what everybody wants is to see their team play their, their full slate of games. So I, I, I don't really understand it. I'm with you. I think they're overthinking, and it's just a reminder that they want to make sure that they get that TV money from an extra playoff uh, uh, appearance. So hopefully it doesn't become a trend, though. Eight's too many. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you're watching the college game, it's starting to get a little skeptical on whether they're going to get to the finish line, though, with all these games played, right? I mean, the NFL hasn't lost any games yet, but college is losing games left and right. So if you're the NFL, are you starting to get a little concerned? Oh, yeah, I am. And, you know, and I'll steal this from Mike Gola Jr. I was talking to him yesterday about all the cancellations, and he made a really good point. One thing to keep in mind is that bad football teams, guys that, that have sacrificed everything, but they're playing on a team that now stinks, they might pay a little less attention to the details. They might just be having a little bit more life fun, like they're college kids, right? So if you're on LSU and you know this season's just gone awful, are you just a little bit more relaxed in the way that you handle your COVID protocols? And so ultimately, you know, fine for LSU, but that's a huge impact to, like, Alabama. They want to get that game played because they want to make sure they get as many games possible for have, to have the best resume. So – I think what we're seeing are bad teams uh, aren't aren't taking it as seriously 
as good teams in some instances, and that can actually have real ramifications. Yeah, we had Sal Pal on Friday, and he talked to him. He said there is COVID fatigue. These guys are getting tested every single day since August, and every day is so regimented for them with this COVID that – and I brought up the same point that if you're the Jets at 0-8, are you as cautious as you may have been as a team who has a legit shot at this? And I think the NFL might have to uh, be think way outside the box on this. Well, yeah, and the trickle-down effect is huge because if you're the Jets, you don't really care. But, uh, you know, if you're the Jets playing the Raiders in a month and it's a big game for the Raiders to make sure they get the extra win in the playoff uh, conversation, boy, the Raiders certainly care, you know, so – that's the problem is that both sides aren't always at the equal same footing with all of it. And the other part of it is we have to acknowledge that even if it, no matter what anybody thinks on the science or the masks or whatever, if you go back to the first things we were told when this all began was, Hey, there's going to be another wave in the fall. Well, what do you know? We got to fall and there's another wave. So it's nationally an issue and it's going to be an issue for all pro sports. Is why I think it's interesting that we're just presuming that the NBA is going to get plowing ahead on December 22nd when we can't even figure out if college football is going to be playing in December. Well, I was going to ask you, how do you think that this impacts college basketball? It kind of seems out of sight, out of mind, but I'm a college basketball's man, and I know it's different. you got the indoor facilities compared to being outdoors, but college football is clearly struggling right now, and there is a divide when it comes to college sports and pro sports when it comes to getting the job done throughout COVID. I think the panic level for college basketball is through the roof, and, you know, I was actually – we had Jay Billis on last night on Spain and Fitz, and I was texting Jay afterwards. And I think the, the thing that we're not talking enough about are limited roster sizes in college basketball are real. So it's not like the NBA or it's not like college football where you can turn around and say, okay, we'll just next man up. Well, you only have so many next men up before you're just out of people on limited rosters, limited scholarships. So it's going to be difficult, and that's why we've already seen the NCAA uh, committee for college basketball come in and say, hey, we're going to be lenient on how many games it takes to play that you have to play to get into the tournament. I think college basketball realizes right out of the gate they're going to have a massive issue. And, and frankly, the other part of it is, is those already tested positive for COVID-19? Like, you know, we always talk about the players, but there's also a slew of coaches that are going to be at risk for this. So I don't think anything is simple for college basketball. Or college football, which just lost another big game, and it's not a big game in terms of Maryland and Ohio State uh, but Ohio State is trying to catch up in the amount of games it's playing to justify itself. I mean, college fo football is going to be have a mess at the end of this. Let's say Ohio State only gets three or four games in. Right, and that's the nightmare scenario because for anybody that doesn't realize it, the Big Ten has told you you got to play at least six games, and the, you know if nobody does, there's some tiebreakers. But you got to play at least six games basically to be in the championship game for the conference. But the committee hasn't told us anything about what they expect from minimum games played to be able to be considered. So I think there's a very real possibility that a lot of fans are angry when a uh, Ohio State team, let's say, that's won five games gets in the playoffs over an SEC team of some sort that, you know, like a Florida, let's say Florida ends up getting nine or ten games played and has one loss, they'll get left out behind a, you know, a 4-0 and and a 5-0 and Ohio State. And Wisconsin's another good example. They won their first game of the year. They're finally back on the field. No idea how many games they're going to play or how the committee's supposed to put them into the conversation. So it's a nightmare for college uh, football. Yeah, real bad. Team 1, Alabama. Team 3, Ohio State. Team 5, Texas A&M. Team 12, Georgia. And Team 24, Auburn, are all canceled this week. So you've got 
five ranked teams, including three in the top five, that will not play. We'll see what happens with college football. I do want to get your take. You know, we're talking NFL, and we saw – uh, the Patriots on Monday night and this conversation about, you know, is there some sort of referendum on Belichick or Brady? Have we made that decision? I don't know about that, but have we made a referendum on this Patriots team being not very good? Yeah, like I, this is one of the hot take things that I think has really blown my mind, even within the company that I work for. We're so desperate to excuse why the Patriots stink. We can't just turn around and say, hey, guys, this is a bad football team. Like they drafted poorly at the top of the draft. They haven't had enough talent. It's been masked for the last several years. They took a flyer on a free agent quarterback. It turns out it looks like it may not have worked out very well. Like They're now dealing with what every other fan base deals with. What I can't stand is that we have to turn it into, no, Belichick knows what he's doing. He signed Cam for a deal. And then when that didn't work out, without even acquiescing that hot take, then we're like, oh, wait, 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 no, they're tanking. That's what they want to do. And then without even acknowledging that, then we're like, no, Jared Stidham. Well, we've heard all of these things before, like, when do we stop apologizing for the Patriots and just acknowledge that this year's Patriots team is bad? They're a bad football team. They don't have enough talent, and they need to rebuild the roster. That'll be the real statement for Belichick. Yeah, I think the Belichick thing is funny because there was a bunch of rumors out there, just fun on Twitter, saying that Bill Belichick wanted the Jets to win, so then they wouldn't get Trevor Lawrence, so he's pretty much playing chess while everyone's playing checkers, which is outrageous. But I want to get your thoughts on Cam Newton. What do you think the future of Cam Newton is if he continues the season playing the way that he has? Well, he's got to play better to have any future. And right now, I think his future is a backup somewhere. But I will say, Field Yates said on the Monday Night Football Digital Show I do with him every week this year, uh, this week he said that uh, he talks to people around the Patriots organization and they love Cam. They're not ruling out the possibility of Cam coming back next year as the starter. So, you know, I mean, to me, that's a stunning, uh, that would be the downfall of the Patriots. Like, at this point, you got to have, uh, you got to swallow your pride and admit it that no matter what brilliant genius you think you are, you got to rebuild this thing. And so I think Cam's future is probably as a backup and uh, it, will he want to take that role? That's an interesting question, but I don't think that, especially given the youth movement happening right now, a quarterback in the NFL, I just don't see a spot for Cam. ESPN's Jason Fitz. Spain and Fitz airs right here on 97.3 ESPN from 7 to 9 p.m. I want to close with this because baseball is in its offseason, and who knew, right? Basketball, when the NBA has free agency, it is just pandemonium. Football, we just, like, count down. Can't baseball get it right? Like, the top players should already be signed, and people should be excited. Like, did anybody – Jay Fitz, did you even know baseball free agency had begun? No, and that's – you know, you're a 1,000% right about the failing, and, and this is what I always say. Like, there are certain – in music, there are certain artists that are so popular, they can just drop an album out of nowhere, and everybody goes nuts. That's the 1%. The 99% release a single and a single and a single just to promote a record until people care about it. And you think about – movies like movies aren't dropped in the middle of the night there you see the trailer for a bad action movie so many times that eventually you convince yourself you want to watch it major league baseball has forgotten that they need that they need the advanced singles they need the trailer they need to remind everybody of what's making the sport right now particularly fun to watch i think there are a lot of good stories they're just not great at telling them and until they realize that they have to tell that story they're not going to get the credit the, the cred that they they deserve at this point 
and it's going to be detrimental for the sport moving forward. Yeah, it's amazing that they can't get this right. You're talking about some of the top free agents not signing until February. I mean, Bryce Harper didn't sign with the Phillies until into March a couple of years ago. Baseball has to figure out a way for people to get excited about their offseason. Get excited about Spain and Fitz tonight, 7-9, to right here on 97.3 ESPN. And, of course, Jason Fitz, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Jay, appreciate it, man. You guys are the best. Have a great week. Take care. And he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline, which means coming up, we're going to be talking with Jeff Mosher in less than an hour from now. He will be jumping on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. Also, it's Find Five, Ugly Five. Five best, five worst teams in the NFL. Got text messages on your thoughts on the NFL, favorite rivalry, and more. There's never an offseason for the NFL. It's football at 4, every day at 4 p.m. on the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app. Order. Continue, Ms. Garner. ESPN FM. All right, we got some text messages that have been coming in throughout the day. We opened up the show asking you what rivalry game, what rivalry week do you like best? Is it Eagles, Giants, Eagles, Dallas, or Eagles, Washington at 973 ESPN? And then we kind of had a curveball because we do have a lot of listeners in Delaware. And the Delaware people are kind of split. If you're on that Wilmington side, you're like halfway between Baltimore and kind of Philly. I mean, you're closer to Philly, but I can understand that like some of the people in southern Delaware, I guess. It's like the central Jersey conversation. Delaware is like the central Jersey. You got to choose. You're kind of stuck. Are you a Baltimore Ravens fan or are you an Eagles fan? Although the Ravens are kind of new. Not kind of. I mean, 96. I mean, they've been around 20 years. 25 years. Yeah, but, but that's new in terms of, you know, sports exactly, franchises. Right. But they had the Baltimore Colts back then. Now, you brought up the guy, but the guy signed it, Pete and Vineland. So right. Pete I, and Vineland, you're out. Right. I threw a hypothetical, you know, hey, maybe before Vineland, he might have lived down in Delaware. That's right. 88% right now, favorite week of the season is Eagles-Cowboys. Only 65 are going Eagles-Giants week. I, I don't understand it. It is a little low. Mystifying. It is a little low. As much as I can see why Cowboys-Eagles is leading the, the, the route here, it's leading the poll numbers, to get that low on New York is definitely fascinating because we hate them in all the other sports. Why is the respect level there so much in this particular conversation? And it's not there with the Rangers. It's not there with the Mets. It's definitely not there with the Mets. It's not a baseball town. What is it? Philly. Oh, that's right. We've been through this before. They're frauds. Fraud baseball town. Yeah. It's I mean, fraudulent I think baseball Flyers town. Penguins has juice. Definitely. But does Flyers Rangers? Not like Flyers Rangers in the past. No, not like Flyers Penguins do. But is that because I'll even the Penguins go to this have level. Crosby? I'll even go to this level. Well, because Pittsburgh's been good virtually my entire existence. I would even go to this level. I think when I was growing up or kind of like in my middle ages, like high school, college, post-college, like right after, you had Flyers Devils that was big. Well, of course, Scott Stevens, Brodeur. I'm just saying, like even that seemed to be a bigger deal than Rangers. But isn't that just showing you that if the alternative, let's say, the reason why I feel it's Eagles-Cowboys for the, for the last handful of seasons is because it's the Eagles versus the Cowboys for the division. If it was going to be eagles 
and the Giants fighting for the division every year without other teams being in play, I think our intensity towards the Giants would grow. What did you think about what Brandon Noble said? Which that part? In, he played for Dallas. He said, I played in Dallas, and they don't care about the Eagles at all. I don't See, think that's that to at me, all. To me, that's the, my point that I'm making, is you're giving credence to something that those frauds don't even care about. I feel saying at all is strong because it's us and them for the division for the last handful of years. So they definitely care about the Eagles because you're trying to well, win I the mean, division. Well, I mean, at all is the uh, hyperbole of trying to stamp your point that it's not nearly as impactful to the Cowboy fans as it is to the Eagles fans. I will acknowledge that they do have a different sense of hate towards Washington than we feel they do with the Eagles. Right, and, and like his point was, for whatever reason, the Eagles fans have chosen Dallas to be the team that they get up for the most. Whereas in Dallas, they don't really care about the Eagles like nearly the way that the Eagles fans care about Dallas. And I have read into that years ago and said, they don't care about us. I don't care about them. But Dallas is different because you're either in the Dallas fan base or you despise them. There's no one that enjoys Dallas. Everyone roots against Dallas if you're not on their side. So maybe that plays a role into this. We don't want them to succeed too much. We hate them. Not only do we hate them like everybody else does for them claiming they're America's team, but because they're in the division, well, we're even pounding it more. Because nobody wants them to ever win. There's no casual, I like Dallas, but you know I don't care if they win or lose. It's either you love them or you absolutely despise them. Well, the, that, that America's team moniker that has kind of faded a little bit, I mean, it it's has, still there. but they they pretend like it hasn't. Well, because I would have to make something up too to to tell people why I'm a fan of a team that makes no sense. But see, all of this makes <laughs> sense to why we feel the way that we do about them, why we hate them so much. Is all this? They're making up stuff to make them justify why they like them. All of it. It fires you up as much as you want to pretend it doesn't matter. There's something inside of us that won't allow that to happen. Well, it's funny because. My favorite, some of my favorite moments are Eagles Giants games. I mean, Deshaun Jackson returning the punt, Brian Westbrook returning the punt. I'm a little young for the miracle at the Meadowlands one with Joe Pasarczyk and uh, Herm Edwards, but you know, you throw that into the mix. The Eagles and Giants have just had the game the other night. I mean, they're down two touchdowns. I mean, you could almost have that miracle uh, at the third one. I mean, they're down by two touchdowns with six minutes left, and Ingram drops the pass. I mean, these two teams are so bad. But if these two teams were 7-2, and two, and that was one of their losses, and that's what happened, that game would be talked about as what a, another great moment in the rivalry is. Here's Ingram. He drops the ball. All he has to do is catch it. But because the two teams are so bad, but guess what? That drop right now is the difference in the division. But you could say that about any game that happened with Dallas at a certain point. That could happen with Washington at any point. Like, you can use that, what you just said, to describe the missed pass with any game Yeah, but can you there. rattle them off, like, just so vividly, like some things that happened in the Eagles, Giants, uh, Cowboys? Well, you can bring up the fumble recovery, right? Or, like, Dallas Goddard's offensive pass interference call that was abysmal. That was the same game. The 44-6 one is the one that stands out to me the most. Me personally, like that's what like I you mentioned it was like okay forty four to six that's what rattled off my head as soon as we started you know thinking about the the Giants plays compared to the Cowboys plays. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to like I feel like Eagles Cowboys games don't have the same like power. 
moments. Yeah. Moments. Like, the games are lopsided. They're not like these, like, nail-bite. Like, the last couple of games, you had 23-9, to 17-9. Eagles uh, lost 37-10, to 29-23 Dallas, 27-20 Dallas. Um, I will agree with you. More six I, nothing. That's a real, that was the game that <laughs> yeah, uh, Nick Foles, Nick played, Foles right? played. He was horrible in that game. No one cared. Uh, Philly won thirty-seven to nine. Philly won twenty-seven to thirteen. I mean, there hasn't been like these games that have like left you on the edge of your seat in that in that rivalry. More iconic standout moments in the Giants Eagles rivalry, without a doubt. But that still doesn't take away from this hatred that boils all inside of us based off of that stupid yeah. star. I think it's more the fact that people don't like that people just randomly decided they were Cowboys fans and that they're viewed as this front-running bunch. Definitely. But I also feel if Washington and the Eagles were going back and forth for this division over the last handful of seasons, I would have this hatred towards the Washington football team. Or if it was the Giants, I would feel that way. I feel for me personally, at least, I am stuck in this time where it's Eagles and Cowboys pretty much every year for this division, and that's why it's stronger than the rest. Now, the Eagles-Giants, the Eagles lead that series 88-85-2. and two. So they are three games in their history separated. When you go to the Eagles-Cowboys, uh, Dallas leads that series 69-54. to 54. So it's a little bit more lopsided in the favor of Dallas. Now, the Eagles and Washington are... Washington leads that series 87, 79, and 5. So the Eagles Giant one, they are only separated by three games. It's it's crazy when you think about it like that. And when you think of the stretch that the Eagles are currently on, the Giants are due. I hate to bring that up. Well, the, the Eagles Giants had beaten, are due. The Eagles had beaten Washington six straight entering this season. And Washington finally got them. So the Eagles were on a six-game streak, and they, you know, those games with Washington had been interesting. It was 34-24, 28-13. They beat them 24-0, but 32-27, 37-27, and then this year, 27-17, they finally lost the game. But before that, Washington had beaten the Eagles five straight times. So they had won five straight, then the Eagles won six straight. Like, it's crazy. And then before that, the Eagles had won three straight. I'm getting nervous for Sunday to summarize here. There's good reason to be. It's time. It's you time look at for the this one here. Result: win, 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 loss, win, 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 loss, win, loss, win, win, loss, win, 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 win. That's the Eagles against the Giants going back to 2008. They have only lost to the Giants going back to 2008. One, two, three, four times. Four. That's it. They have lost to the Giants four times. Maybe that's why I like this rivalry so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're just accustomed to always beating them, so you love you love texting your friends and trashing them afterwards. You love the Giants. You're an idiot. Things like that. <laughs> so that's why you love it. 609-403-0973 on the text board. 609-403-0973. Guys, I moved from Jersey to Delaware. It's really split between Eagles and Ravens fans. Wilmington, there are more Eagles fans. South Delaware and more rural areas, there are more Ravens fans. Yeah, that's kind of how I figured, that the Wilmington City area is close to Philly. It's only about a half hour, 25 minutes or so. But if you're in southern Delaware, you might be more apt to go Ravens territory. How do you feel about the fans that live in that area, 
let's say they go Eagles Orioles because I played when I was playing hockey. I had a buddy and one of my teammates. He he lived in that area. He went Eagles Orioles. Makes no sense. I know. I always question that move. You're either all in or you're not. Why would you go one and one? I know. I thought it was so strange. Matt from Milford, Delaware says lots of Steelers found fans down this way in Dover and in Southern Delaware, just enough to tick off the Ravens. Well, don't you think the Steelers fans, not to the same level as Dallas, but because there was a moment where they were the team, you always saw them on TV, they have a fan base around the country that people just chose the Steelers at one point. In their yeah, life. I mean, that's the whole, they were always on TV back when there was blackouts all the time. I've heard that one before. <laughs> you know what? You were a kid, and they blacked the game out. Like, I get it. There's an older guy who's out there. He's in his 60s, and he just like, hey, when I was uh, young growing up, the two teams on TV all the time, those teams, all right. But, like, I see teams on TV all the time. I'm not fans of them. Well, when I'm 80, right, when my when my uh, group of individuals growing up are 80, what are we going to say? Well, back when we only had iPads, you know, like, what's our excuse going to be when you chose what team you <laughs> wanted to watch? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I get it. It's a different time now. Every game's on. You can find, like, everything all the time. But, yeah, I don't know. To say, like, oh, well, they were the team that was on TV all the time. We won't have that excuse. You have access to everything. Right, exactly. Like, college football used to only get Notre Dame. But that was it. Like, you got, like, two games on. Now, every team has a – I mean, you can watch uh, the Max. You watch any Maxion last night? I did not. I did not. I went Love Island. Did you? And you said you went Bachelorette. I went Bachelorette, and then – Hallmark Channel. What? You watched another one? It's Tuesday. Got to get them in. I got football Thursday. I got Monday. Tuesday, you got to say, all right. Can't you find another show, though? She don't watch any TV, man. Yeah, but you guys gotten into flow of good shows during did, the quarantine. We uh, stuff started to come back. It made it a little harder to get into them. Well, you have a couple months stretching. Plus, summertime. The summer came is when we kind of got out of the shows. I can't do Hallmark. It's bad. It's Last night, there bad. was a guy who was a DJ on the radio, and he had a secret Santa who was sending him presents. The writer from the newspaper. The acting is horrendous. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's so bad. It's pretty bad. Sports Best brought to you by Matt Black Kia. They want to get you approved today. Visit Matt Black Kia, 6211 Black Horse Bike, EHT. We got the headlines coming up. By the way, the NBA draft a week from today. You into it? NBA draft one week from today. Not as much as I normally am, but Hard. I, as it gets closer. It is closer, on a Wednesday, though. At least there's like nothing else. Yeah. They're going to have the night because normally the NBA draft would be on a Thursday. The poor Maxion's going to get destroyed a bit that night. Yeah. The Maxion games were tough last night. Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN, the free mobile app. There is postseason high school football Friday on 97.3 ESPN. This is Tom Williams. George McNally and I will have all the live play-by-play on undefeated Ocean City, ranked number six in South. All right, time for the headlines now. Busy day, one week into uh, until the NBA draft. The Sixers pick 21st in the draft. We'll get you up to date on that. We'll have more Sixers draft stuff coming up in the coming days here on 97.3 ESPN. And don't forget, Kevin McCormick has Sixers draft profiles up at 97.3ESPN.com. Head to 97.3ESPN.com all this week to get ready for the Eagles and the Giants. We got some great stories today, but first, this Sunday will truly be a Sunday like no other with the weekend's major golf tournament along with both professional 
and hopefully some collegiate football because there's a lot going on there. But to celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet they cover with risk-free Sunday betting on all of Sunday's action. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 973 when you sign up. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's start with this. It's actually a headline on ESPN.com as well, even though it's a local story. Doug Peterson spoke today and mentioned Brett Favre's comments. Yeah. Wasn't a pretty response from the coach. We have those comments. We were going to uh, play them coming up in a little bit, but this is where Favre gets, I mean, um, Peterson sometimes gets himself in trouble. This is the number one headline on ESPN.com right now. In the NFL section. Well, Tim McManus from ESPN asked the question first. All right. We have that question and the answer, the exchange back and forth here, where McManus essentially, he asked the question about what Brett Favre said um, on first take. So he's on first take. He answers the question. And he asked, "Hey, yesterday, um, so let, let's let's let um, let's play the audio for the people out there, so they can kind of hear how this all kind of went down. Because this is where I think Peterson he could have answered the question, and he could have just ended it right. I mean, if he just answers the question in the right manner, this is all." moot and they don't even ask him a follow-up question i said this though on the daily drive show today i said i guarantee you they're going to ask him this question and they're going to press him on it if they don't get the answer if the answer is not um what they're not what they're looking for but if he doesn't answer this question in other words okay sorry i lost my train of thought for a second because i'm getting the bite up he needed to separate himself from this immediately just Get away from it, right? And he didn't do that. He's asked the question today by Tim McManus of ESPN. Doug, uh, Brett Favre uh, offered the opinion yesterday that you guys should have kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz, and you know his his comments arguably offer you know have a little bit more weight since you guys are tight. Uh, just curious, what your reaction to to his comments are? I uh, I respect uh, Brett's opinion. You know, I mean. Yeah, we are friends, but um, I haven't I haven't talked to him, and, and he's entitled to that, and uh, um, that's about it. That answer there says, I respect Brett's opinion. But it doesn't say, I don't have the same opinion. It just says, I respect Brett's opinion. So in other words, he's almost leading you down the path of, I respect what he has to say. I don't have a problem with it. I don't know how you can possibly say that as – the head coach and Doug Peterson. You 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 go along the lines of, look, Brett Favre is entitled to his own opinion. I don't agree with it. Carson Wentz is our quarterback, and uh, that's all I have to say. Something like that, right? Is that fine? Would you be okay with that answer? I mean, anything that would just say, that's his opinion. I don't agree with it. That's all he had to say. I respect Brett's opinion. I simply don't agree with it. End of story. Move on. So that question was asked. In the press conference today, it was the third question asked in the press conference. Okay? Then a series of questions go on. One, two, three, four, five. Five questions. 
Sixth, the sixth question comes in, and it's a follow-up to his answer. Just to clarify on the Brett Favre business, you said you respect his opinion, but his opinion in this instance was that you should have kept Nick Foles and gotten rid of Carson Wentz. I'm assuming that's not your opinion. I respect Brett's opinion. He, he's entitled to his opinion, and, uh, and that's fine, you know, and uh, I'll leave it at that. Why is he not saying anything about not agreeing with it, about Carson Wentz? Why is he not making sure that he is vocal about Carson Wentz in this scenario? Right. Why isn't it just 100% clear? I respect Brett's opinion. He's entitled to his opinion, and that's fine, but I don't agree with him. That's it. He could have had the same wording. I respect Brett's opinion. He's entitled to his opinion, and that's fine. But I don't agree with him. And that's it. So then a third question had to come in because apparently it's now the reporter's job to ask the question and explain it in a way that he can get the right answer here. All right. I believe this is the first part of this. The question is asked by Rob Motti. No, Carson's our guy. Carson's our draft pick. Carson's the guy that uh, is, is going to carry us and, 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 and lead this football team. And, and listen, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Those aren't, those aren't my words. Those aren't Howie's words, Jeffrey's words. Those are his words. I mean, that I respect that opinion. Whatever he wants to say, that that's fine. And, we're going to remain friends. It doesn't doesn't bother me one way or the other. All I know is that Carson Wentz is our guy. He was clear that time. But unfortunately, he has to answer the question. Now, I'm a little confused on how this is broken up here. I'm sorry. I'm trying to read this. I'm not. It's not very. Peterson first answer to Favre question. I don't know what that one's in reference to. Where is the one where Motti just asked the question? Okay, I don't have that audio. Well, Marty, let me read the transcript for you. He has to ask a third time, and he says, before it gets blown out of proportion, which by the third question, hasn't it already been blown out of proportion? And everyone runs with it, Doug. Didn't support Carson Wentz today, and he stood by what Brett Favre said. I just want to give you a final opportunity to clarify those were Brett's thoughts. They weren't your thoughts. When the decision had to be made in the organization, even though personnel decisions like that are usually tough, was it that difficult for you guys? Was anyone beating the door down to do something different in terms of keeping Nick Foles over Carson Wentz? So Marty essentially had to put it on a tee for him to say, look, these, the way you're answering this question is making it sound like you are supportive of Favre's opinion. I just wonder, is this a product of how Doug is bad at press conferences, or is this how he naturally feels about the situation? Because Doug never wins pressers, and he's not good at them. Is this just him not being good, and unfortunately these are the results, or does he have some sort of uh, you know interest in what Brett Favre had to say? Well, there's more to that uh, answer that he gave. Take a listen. It's my job to, to get Carson Wentz to, to, to play better, to do better, to help this football team win, as it is to get everybody else to play better. 
And and so, um, you know, again, I respect his opinion and his words. Those aren't mine. Please don't put words in my mouth or we're going to have a problem. And and um, Carson's our guy. Bottom line. End of story. There you go. What was so hard about that the first two times he was asked about it? And that's why I asked the question. Is this Doug being Doug? Is he that bad when it comes to these situations that this is what you get out of him? Because he can't comprehend that. Unfortunately, he put himself in this position where somebody in the media, and that's not the guy's job. It's not Rob Motti's job to ask the question in a way that Doug can clarify himself. I'm sorry, that's not the reporter's job. The reporter, McManus, asked the question, and he got an answer. Former NFL quarterback Brett Favre offered the opinion yesterday that you guys should have kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Arguably offer a little bit more weight since you guys are tight, Favre and Peterson. Just curious what your reactions to his comments are. And he says, I respect Brett's opinion. We're friends. It's, so that essentially it's means I agree with – if you just left it at that, if Monty didn't ask that question at the end, if he just left it at that, I agree with Brett. I respect his opinion, essentially, is what he said. We'd be having a field day with this, even more so than we are right now, if that was the only quotes coming out of this. So, you know, I, are you saying that you, would if you were in that room, let's say you, Mike Gill, you were in that room and you had a, a question after you heard that response, would you send a follow-up about it? Would you do what Rob Motti did? Would you do no. what, you would What would you do in that it's scenario? It's not my job to, to – it's not my job now – Look, I've been in those press conferences. I typically won't ask questions because these guys are writers who have stories that they're writing. Now, do we write for our website? Sure, we have material on the website, but I'm not in the room, so I can't ask the questions. But if I was in that room, no, it's not my job to ask the question. I asked Andy Reid questions in the past. I've asked stuff that I was going to write about and I wanted to get an answer for. Like some people will say, well, why'd they ask this question or why they didn't ask... Well, their editor may have said, you're writing a story on somebody asked a question today about Golden Tate. And you're thinking to yourself, why the hell are you asking a question about Golden Tate? Well, he probably has an editor who's saying, write a story about Golden Tate playing on the Eagles and now being on the Giants this week. That's why he asked that question. It's not my job, if I have one question, to say, you screwed up the answer on two questions. I'm going to try to help you. That's not my job. It's not Rob Motti's job. I see both sides. And by the I way, do. I see both sides. By the way, Rob Motti, I believe, tweeted that that wasn't his question, that he asked the question essentially to try to help Doug out. Right. Now, if that's the case, if you were openly saying afterwards, I didn't even want to go down that road, but this was so horrendous that I went down a different path so we can fix this issue so headlines don't run. Well, then, yeah, I would I would be on your side and saying that's not what your duties are. The coach put himself in that situation. He needs to answer the questions better. But I, at the same time, I do see the other side at, at the at the same token. I'm, I'm torn. I'm stuck in the middle on how I should feel about getting the most out of some of these answers. Do you do what Rob Motti did and find a way to maybe get the right answer out? Or do you say, you know, you got to... <laughs> You got to lay in what you with what you say. Now, do I think that Peterson 
thinks that way. No, not necessarily. But Marty tweeted out, I spoke to a few people, and I'm even more convinced Doug didn't intend to come off as not supporting Carson, but was mindful of also not criticizing Brett Favre the first two questions until he realized he needed to make it clear 11 is his guy. So somebody tweeted, I'm sure this is true, but man, did he handle it poorly. And Rob said, 100%. Needed to kill it the first question, support Carson right away without having to criticize Brett. How do you feel about the mixed messaging towards Carson Wentz when it comes to the organization, ownership, and him? Whether it's something like this, whether it's drafting a quarterback in the second round, whether it's anything else involved. How do you personally feel about the mixed messaging to Carson? Because whether you want to say it it shouldn't matter, it does matter, it doesn't matter, there's got to be something there. And, and this is bad. You don't see teams with this type of mixed emotions towards a quarterback. I just feel you, you don't get it to this degree. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like for the guy to be, and he meant, I mean, he kind of sounded a little angry towards the, on the last one. That like, listen, Carson's our guy. But it's like you had to get three questions to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, this doesn't feel like the Favre and Rogers situation or the Rogers to love situation that they're dealing with now. This is a different type of beast when it comes to the support or the lack thereof that he's getting from the Eagles organization. And and it's crazy. I know right now you can say, well, he stinks. Look at his stats. Yes, but this eight-game window is not what he has given to you throughout four and a half seasons. So it is weird that we are in this position right now. It really is. And Brett Favre, you know, he comes out of right field. And I still think, you know, the move for Doug Peterson is he's got to separate himself from those comments. He needs to, like, back out of that and be like, hey, I don't care what Brett Favre says. He has his opinion. It's not mine. We're friends. You ever have a friend that don't have the same um, see eye to eye? I'm sure it happens every day in your life. That's me and Brett right now. You know what I mean? Definitely. Absolutely. You got to be clear. And how does he not see that? Maybe that's even a bigger concern. How does he not feel that that answer wasn't good enough? He felt as if that first answer was a good response. I don't know how he could have done it. Here's the question and answer one more time. McManus from ESPN and Peterson. Hey Doug, uh, Brett Favre uh, offered the opinion yesterday that you guys should have kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. And, you know, his, his comments arguably offer, you know, have a little bit more weight since you guys are tight. Uh, just curious what your reaction to, to his comments are. I, uh, I respect uh, Brett's opinion. You know, I mean, yeah, we are friends, but um, I haven't I haven't talked to him, and and he's entitled to that, and uh, um, that's about it. That's about it. And then I don't know if this is uh, reflected in the audio. It's not in the in in the audio there, but is it in the transcript? At the end of that, he said that I'll have a conversation with him off the record. He did say that. Yes. I'm wondering if he was, like, jokingly like, I'll have to have a conversation with him off the record. Like, hey, keep my player's name out your mouth. It did seem that way, like he was having some fun with that statement. So it it did seem like it was trending in that way. But, you know, there were some uh, conspiracy theories that maybe Brett Favre went down that road for a reason because maybe there were discussions prior to that statement. That's why I'm saying Peterson needed to do a much better job of distancing himself from that whole situation. Because if you're coming up with conspiracy theories that Peterson says to Favre, hey, you're going on uh, first take, can you randomly mention that? I mean, that just doesn't. Maybe it's not to that degree, but maybe they were hanging out and having some cold ones. They were just talking when? about the team. 
Well, I don't know. Maybe they just talked on the phone. Who knows? Maybe they just had a conversation, random football conversation, and then Brett Favre went on first take and, and had some things to say. Who knows? I mean, I don't see during this COVID situation that Favre took a flight to Philly to come have a couple of beers. Phone call. FaceTime. Zoom. You never know. <laughs> I don't believe the conspiracy theory, to, to be clear. It's just out there. That's all. All right. Here is apparently him saying... Uh, the jokingly part at the end. I uh, I respect uh, Brett's opinion. You know, I mean, yeah, we are friends, but um, I haven't I haven't talked to him, and and he's entitled to that, and uh, um, that's about it. I'll have Brett's a conversation with him off the record. There was some joking in there. Look, I'll have a conversation smile. with him off the record. Yeah, like, hey man, thanks for getting that out there. Yeah, yeah, maybe. See, most people might think he's gonna have a tough so. one. Record. I don't think so. They might cheers. They might shotgun beers together. Go, dude, thanks for this, man. I'll shotgun. Now, one for do you really think seriously? Doug Peterson was in there fighting to keep Nick Foles. I don't think so because at that time, remember, right now everyone's gonna be like, of course, Carson Wentz stinks. At that time, you didn't see this eight-game window. This guy got you to where the Eagles were to even be in position to win the Super Bowl. So, no, I don't think so. How about you? I don't at all. Nope, not one bit. There's not one part of me that thinks that Doug Peterson would have said, I'd rather keep Nick Foles. I like how people forget that Nick Foles has been horrendous to this point. As if Nick Foles is the Super Bowl version of himself every week. Am I missing something? Uh, nope, you're perfectly logical. The Eagles injury report should be coming out here shortly. A couple of key names were back at practice today.